0: This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Middle of
2: an open week in the Magnolia State. Wednesday afternoon, great to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Earl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino alongside Michael Borkey and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you on the Seaspire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Seaspire country. You remember about a week ago, I guess it was, um, a week ago yesterday, we began the 49 straight days of football on your television. Of course, we had Monday night football. Last night, two college games. Middle Tennessee picked up their second win of the season. Uh, they won at home over Louisiana Tech, 31-23. to 23. That was a chance for Tech to get to uh, an even 4-4 four and four on the year. That did not happen, so they are now 3-5. and five. And you also had Liberty. Liberty on the road facing um, Jacksonville State, and Liberty stayed undefeated for the year. So uh, new head coach Jamie Chadwell at uh, Liberty doing a nice job there. Off to a 6-0 and start, and in their first year in Conference USA, they are leading the league at 4-0. Jacksonville State falls to uh, 5-2. and Tough loss for Rich Rod. Did he break anything? I-, I was not able to watch that game last night. Did he yell at anybody or
1: break anything or just... I didn't watch either. Nice, cool. Not not aware of any breakage, but I'm sure there was some yelling.
3: Hey, real quick, Richard. uh, If all of the Swifties in the world formed an army, could they successfully defeat Canada? No. Hey, Dad, not we disagree. We think that the the volume of numbers would uh, lead in the. In yeah, the Swifties' what, favor. What are they
2: going to do? Like, take those wristbands off and hope that they're rubbery enough to shoot them at the enemy like rubber bands? They have no weapons. We don't know what kind of arsenal the Swifties if, have amassed over the years. Yeah, if well,
1: we <laughs> if we told the Swifties that Canada had uh, disrespected Taylor, they'd pick up a gun.
2: Well, <laughs> I mean, they might not even need guns. I mean, they, they might just, yeah. like, grab the nearest stick and, you know, storm the castle. I, I, and it I, might work. Yeah, it's possible. Oh well, maybe. It would work. Maybe. How, how many Swifties do we think there are in the world? Like full on, 100, not 100 like million. people who casually um, like or listen. Not to. like Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, is Lane Kiffin part of the Swiftie army? Is, <laughs> he is might he be the, the general. general? Is it, yes, I mean, is, he's is the he five star general. Battle? Well, can't okay. you, can you
1: see the press conferences as 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 the Swifties invade Canada what, wait, and, ooh, and I, Kiffin is I up just, there? Uh, well, today we're going to take Ottawa, and, uh, you know, if there's anybody left alive at the end of that, I guess we'll deal with it. I don't know.
2: Did you just invent something new, by the way? No. You, you, you gave a general a, a fifth star? I feel like
1: recruiting, just poured,
2: I think recruiting just poured over into a military They're, ranking.
1: They have five-star general of the Army. It's a real thing. There just isn't one right now. But you're not being serious, are you? Wasn't
2: Eisenhower a five star general? I think I'm pretty sure it caps at four. Uh, I, don't I think, think you were going to need a, a fact check. I think you've been following recruiting rankings too long. I'm pretty. So sure? the first thing that comes oh, yeah. up on
3: Google says the uh, most recent five star general was Omar Bradley. The last general to receive Mm -hmm. or to achieve five stars, and the five stars were retired in 1981 upon his passing.
1: Okay. I wasn't aware of that. But it was a thing.
3: Yes. There are 39 active duty four star officers in uniformed services of the United States, again, according to Google. Mm -hmm. Well, it's on the internet. It's probably true. I mean, it's Wikipedia, people, too. So I got a college degree on Wikipedia. So I mean, I mean there's,
2: there's people also ask, who is the only seven-star general in American history? Uh, no person has ever been award, awarded or promoted to a seven-star rank. Uh, although some commentators might argue that General George Washington posthumously became a seven-star general in 1976.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I buy into that.
2: Let's see here. Ulysses S. Grant joins George Washington and John Pershing as the only generals to receive the rank of six-star. But but in today's current military climate, Borky, you're telling me that four-star is the highest-ranked. Uh,
3: according okay. to Wikipedia, which, again, allowed me to
2: graduate I college. Not, I,
1: I was correct, though. I was for yes, arson, I There mean, is such a thing.
2: Uh, you, you were, I was technically uh, correct. Until which? I was a, a year old.
1: Yeah, I was technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Yeah. He went on technicality.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of being technically correct, I don't know if this is even technically. Somebody says that Chuck Norris has seven stars. <laughs> He's got I mean, something. They're all as under if his if there view.
3: was any debate. When Chuck Norris does yeah. push ups, he doesn't push himself up, he pushes the earth down. Uh, yeah.
2: That's right. Uh Jeff and Ponitac says he, information from this veteran, there can be a five star general in wartime. Well, there you go. Okay.
1: Well, this would be that. This would be the Swifties invading Canada. Hence, there would be a war. Yeah.
2: And I guess I also, Ed hey, was technically correct that the highest ranking that an active military member can receive is four-star, considering that the five-star ranking was retired in 1981.
3: We're all winners.
1: We all we're get bringing, participation trophies. You can trophies. win a
3: championship in a roster full of four stars. That's possible. 39 four stars on your we're, team? Yeah, you can win a lot of, a lot of we're games. We're just running
1: there. it back, though. We're, we're bringing it back. Yeah. We're, we're, we're bringing back the five-star general for Lane Kiffin, general of the Swifty Army, the Swift Good. Battalion.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, Run swift, run silent, one run deadly.
2: Also on the ceasefire text line, Sinatobia is the five-star city. There you go. There it I is. I agree with that.
1: San Toby is a great town.
2: Chuck Norris became a seven-star general coming out of boot camp.
3: <laughs> okay. When yeah. Chuck Norris dies into seven the star, pool, and... he doesn't get wet. The water gets Chuck Norris.
1: Yeah. There you go. Zach and the coach. He got his seven star after his service in the movie Delta Force, mm. which is an outstanding movie.
2: I mean, can you imagine the mockery of Bud's training that Chuck Norris would make becoming a SEAL? <laughs> just it's been like when does it get difficult does the Pacific Ocean not get any colder than this gracious yeah. ah very good very
3: uh
0: I
2: miss Chuck
3: good. Norris facts man I remember being in middle school going to chuck and just telling each other Chuck Norris jokes I mean we bare. I mean we knew who he was but not really and just uh I mean we really knew him as the uh uh, what was the, the workout equipment that he would he would pedal?
1: Uh total gym, right? Oh yeah, something like that. We, we, yeah. No, I don't know if that's it or not. Something like that though. Was he not a Nordic track guy? Anyway. That might be it. Maybe it was Total Gym. Yeah. It was Total Gym. Total Gym, total yeah. Gym.
3: And where where they would do the commercials and he's talking and he's just sliding up and down the Total Gym. <laughs> I mean,
2: the, 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 like these Chuck Norris to it, maybe. are to coming it. in fast and furious. Uh, Chuck Norris can slam a revolving door. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love every one of them. Oh, me. He doesn't um, have a, a chin under his beard. It's just another fist. There's
1: another fist, yeah.
2: Chuck Norris once roundhouse kicked a horse. Its descendants are known today as giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's very, very good. Very good. Um, Hey, I got a late addition to winners, Porky. You'll appreciate this. Uh, Obi made his second birdie in his many rounds. Hey, yesterday. Um, So we were playing and teed it up for him right at the front edge of the fairway. I mean, it's you know age appropriate distance at this point. So he's playing a par four from about two sixty five. He hit driver and then hit six iron, just like short right of the green. And, and, and his situation was a little bit of grass and then a bunker and then a little bit of grass and then kind of not a whole lot of green to work with, he flops it over the bunker, lands it 15 sho- feet short, and it rolls like there is a magnet straight to the cup and goes in for a three. That's Proud nice. dad. Proud dad. It, it, it's amazing how much happier you are for your kids' success than you are for anything you have ever done in your own life. So. Anyway, fun uh, fun times. Uh, except for Hey Dad. Hey Dad is, I mean, he he prefers his own success to that of his children. It's, it's just a thing with him. It's not bad. It's just hey, look. I mean, hey, it's who you are, and we love you for it. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh no, that's just the way of day. I figured you took shots at me yesterday. I just come out swinging
1: today. I didn't. Not like that. No, no we didn't. Oh, uh, there you go. God, he's so, such a jerk.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. Which is. Oh, did I say that out loud? I thought that was just a Borky. Hey, oh, uh, met met uh, a longtime listener yesterday for the uh, mm-hmm. for the show. Uh, lives in Tupelo, mm-hmm. but uh, was having dinner in West Point. I think he was watching a, a grandson play in a, a middle school football game uh, last night, and came up and introduced himself. Said he listens every day, avid listener, and so uh, Rex, thank you. We appreciate that very much, and. Uh, he, he by the way gave you guys good marks for the show yesterday he explained something about like states and something about Minnesota and Canada and I was like i, I don't really know what was asked going us on
3: but if miss what state in the north Mississippi was and then it unraveled from there there you go sports talk Mississippi we'll be right back
0: Happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk, Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Sports Talk, Mississippi.
2: Yeah, you didn't take any shots yesterday. David on the ceasefire text line How did Richard play golf if he got a manicure yesterday?
3: He's making that up. We did not take a single shot yesterday. He's just assuming
1: that's what happened. It's a safe assumption. More than 24
3: hours in a day, David. Hey, Dad, why didn't we?
2: (laughs) Because we're good
1: people.
3: That was like the first Richard Off day where we didn't say something.
1: We didn't say anything. We had had things to talk about. We had a lot of things.
2: Some kids whiz their name in the snow. Chuck Norris whizzes his name in concrete. (laughs) When Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone, he immediately had two missed calls from Chuck Norris.
3: Oh, the the guy that, that made us go off the rails yesterday clarified. He said, just to clear things up, I didn't ask. I made an observation that Wisconsin was the Arkansas of the north, but then you guys completely botched it.
2: Chuck Norris ordered a Big nah. Mac at Burger King, and he got it. <laughs> <laughs> Once got bit by a cobra. After days of agony, the cobra died. Chuck Norris can unscramble an egg. <laughs> oh, man, good to uh, good to be with you. All right, Borky, so you have an idea for how we yeah. should discuss the Dogs and the Rebels so, without a game to get ready for this Saturday.
3: As part of our uh, midterm grades... Uh, we did that yesterday. We gave uh, Zach Arnett a D and Lane Kiffin an A or A- minus uh, were the grades. And uh, unfortunately for Southern Miss fans, although they all agreed, Will Hall at this point has received an F for uh, for the the start to the season. Mm-hmm. Let's expand that a little bit, though. So I, I want you to tell me, not just like the record, or and remove the head coach even if you want to, but give me something that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have been better than you expected at. Have met expectations and something that they have underachieved at or or are worse than you expected them to be. For example, like I think quarterback play at Ole Miss is as I expected it to be. I expected Jackson Dart to take a step forward with a full offseason and a year, a full year in the system, continuity, all that, and he has looked exactly how I expected him to be. But for the other five, something Ole Miss is better than you expected, worse. Mississippi State, all three, and then of course your expectation for Ole Miss as well.
2: Yeah. Hey, Dad, do you want to start or you want me to? Well, let's let's start I'll with Mississippi start.
1: State. Very tough to do better than. To be honest with you, very tough. Um, if I was going to pick one, I might go with the running backs. You know, when, when he's been healthy, now that's the that's one of the issues. But Marks has been really good. It, 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 he looks like a guy that if he could stay on the field, he would be a thousand yard rusher. I also like what I've seen from Jeff Pittman. I think he's a very comp, competent and capable backup. So I knew that they were going to run the ball more this year, but they've they've looked a little bit better. You know, they've they've had a little bit more explosive plays than I would say I, I thought they were going to have. Um,
2: I I, I about- agree. I agree that finding something. To say, well, you know what, they've really been better than we thought they Mm -hmm. were going to be in this area. The options are pretty limited, and and so maybe that is Mm -hmm. the right call to
1: talk about ready. You know what, though? We got one here on the text line. I should have said kicker. The true freshman, Kyle Ferry, has been very, very good for Mississippi State this year, and I didn't have any expectations for him, to be honest.
2: I I might actually, if we're going to go special teams, say that, that Tulu Griffin has been better in the kick return game than I expected it to be. And and that's a pretty high standard. I know he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Wait, has he returned one for a, a touchdown? Is there a kick return yet, for a no. touchdown? Not this year. Yeah, I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't think so. He's
1: had a two or three but long ones. I
2: feel ones, like he has pretty consistently gotten good returns when he has had the opportunity. And that's when everybody knows what he's capable of. And so, you know, it's one thing if you're kind of like the first-time kick returner and you have a couple of big returns and it's like nobody knew who you were. But when you're already kind of a marked man on that particular unit and you still perform, that uh, that says something to me. So uh, I'll yeah. go to in the return game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: As expected. Right. That's far- <sighs> Ooh, let me go first, Jerry. This
1: might be worth. Go ahead.
2: I think the play of Bucky Watson and yeah. John Johnson has been as expected. They were the two leading returning tacklers in the SEC. And while there are things that you could point to that are not missing from their game, but are maybe not as exceptional as some linebackers nationally, they just tackle everything that, that comes across their face. Like, those two guys rarely miss tackles, um, and they have performed in the way that I expected them to perform this season.
1: Yeah. I think I'll go with you on that one because that's where I was leaning. I was trying to think about the wide receivers, that they've been good this year, but they haven't been as consistent. So, yeah, Watson and Johnson have been really, really good. Uh, I feel like if you're going to go you know, worse than expected, I just want to like sh- move my arms around and go,
2: Everywhere You're like hugging the entire thing.
1: Yeah, like the whole thing. I mean, I just I just say defense. The defense as a unit has been has way way underperformed what my expectations were. Now, I, and I had relatively high expectations. So you know, I said I think that, I thought they could be a top five defense in the conference. If they were like eighth in the conference, I would be like, well, they've underachieved, but they're still pretty good. This is not that. This is the worst defense in the conference. They, they, they are not stopping anybody right now. And they, I hope they've worked some things out over this off week because it's not going to get any easier for them.
2: Is it a cop-out if I say that, that quarterback play has been worse than expected? I understand that there was a was a transition. No. no. Um, there, there was a transition from... One offensive style to another, from from the air raid to this more... I'm not even sure exactly how you classify what Mississippi State's offense is. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that like, there is just a, a, a nice, square, defined box that you can put the offense in. But Will Rogers, through six games, has thrown for 1,275 yards. That is so opposite what his career has looked like to this point. Uh, I mean, that's that's 210 yards a game.
1: And that's with a 487-yard game in there.
2: Yeah, that, that you know, really kind big of skews the numbers. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so even expecting statistically Will Rogers to take a step back I don't think I expected it to be this far of a step back, and beyond the numbers, to me he looks less comfortable in this offense, even the, than he did as a, a true freshman. Or it was true freshman, mm-hmm. was it? When, when he, I mean, mm-hmm. I think back to that game at Georgia in 2020 when Mississippi State had like 12 scholarship players that were available in that game, yeah. and yeah. Will Rogers looked comfortable that night. Yeah, he stood in and he made good throws and kind of kind of pushed the issue. And I don't care if it was us against the world or, you know, taking a free shot. He, he just he looked the part playing the quarterback spot. And there have been way too many balls this year where he has either missed open receivers or has just had the ball slip out of his hands. Uh, he has been sacked a lot. Uh, he's got four interceptions and 171 pass attempts. Uh, Will's been a guy that has not thrown many interceptions in his career. I just think overall the quarterback play is, is worse than I expected it would be this year.
1: That's fair. That's very fair. I mean, he's just been inconsistent. You know, I mean, he he. I asked Arnett about this a couple um, two weeks ago. I said, you know, he had he made a sandwich out of his best game with his two worst games. He was great against South Carolina, but he was awful yeah. against LSU and Alabama.
2: Or he, do you, uh, are there any of those for Mississippi State that you like over the top agree with, or completely disagree with, or something that is a glaring omission from those three? Oh, honestly,
3: I think you guys covered it uh, pretty good. I mean, it, w- when you struggle in football, it, it's a lot of things, and it, it's more nuanced than than just hey, they're bad on defense. It's obviously deeper than that, but th- their problems are are pretty glaringly obvious. And and I think you guys covered it well, honestly.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. You can text the show on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. We'll go through the same exercise with uh, Ole Miss on the other side of the break. We get a message that says Southern Miss has underperformed in every phase of the game. So he, I guess he's saying that there's not necessarily a – a group that you point to that's that's better than expected. Um, another note that says, Will misses Mike Leach. They were tight. And, and, like, I don't know how tight they were in terms of their relationship, but in terms of their football relationship, they were very much on the same page. Be- very much on the same page. Uh, there was a reason that Mike Leach recruited Will Rogers to Washington State and was... Able to insert him as a true freshman into this offense. It it was a it was a good relationship. We're back with you after this, Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at Supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Hey Dad you got a perfect nine out of nine on Immaculate Grid today. That's uh that's pretty good stuff. So the name that yeah, I gave thank you, you for uh for Yankees and Diamondbacks could also yeah. have been used for Yankees Rangers.
1: Yes, it could have, but yeah, I had already gotten that one.
2: Yeah, you could've could have slid that one in.
1: I went I went Ruben Sierra for him for that one. Ooh. Ooh, that's a uh, yeah. that's a good call. That is a, yeah. a good call. Um,
2: I was just playing around and like was just popping names in quickly a second ago, and I bungled a just like career stupid one. The Hall of Fame three thousand strikeouts. Who'd you say? I, well, I went with Roger Clemens, who I, I forgot has not been no, allowed, no, into no, the no, old no, Hall no, of no. Fame. It's like three thousand. Oh yeah, he's like, no. Oh wait, there was that thing. Yeah. There yeah. was that thing. Um, good to be with you, Sports Talk, Mississippi. So let's go through the uh, through the same three categories, three questions for uh, for Ole Miss.
1: Uh, and I, you know, I know you guys are going to dominate this discussion, and that's fine. But I've got to say, I disagree with what Borky said. In the, in the, I think Dart's been better. I thought he was going to be good. He's been better than I thought he was going to be.
3: Well, I was just more accurate in my preseason uh, assessment than you were, Haida. So, that, that's so that's a very,
1: that's a very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> Based on the things very that fair, I'll give you that.
2: I thought going into the year. Yeah. I, I guess that's yeah. how you get. I'll, it. I'll give you that.
3: No, yeah. he has been good. He's what what he's done, especially is, I mean, how many dumb decisions has he made? I think it's one truly dumb decisions, and it was in Tuscaloosa. Frustrated, threw a deep ball, in the double coverage shouldn't have. But the other interception he threw, Dayton Wade slipped on his cut. It would have been a per- perfectly thrown ball. The receiver literally slipped and fell down. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the LSU and Arkansas games combined. Now, he didn't play well against Arkansas, but do you remember a play where you thought that was a bad throw, like a, a no. dumb decision to throw the ball there?
1: I do I do remember those, those plays, but K.J. Jefferson made them. Yeah. On uh, on the other side,
3: uh, a two for one for the uh, the overachieved. One uh, we talked about it some yesterday and Monday as well. Second half, fourth quarter, and you can throw fourth down in there as well. Those are things that that Ole Miss was really bad in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter a year ago. Couldn't score, couldn't move the football. I mean, there was the the talking point, and it was accurate. Once it felt like once they got off script, they couldn't score anymore. They are productive, both offensively and defensively, in the fourth quarter. And that is not something you could say about this team a year ago. They had over 100 yards rushing on Saturday night. That's what won them the game. Defense, of course, but they sealed the game because they could run the football successfully late into the game. At At what point could you have said that in 2022, regardless of opponent? Troy shut them down in the second half last year. I know that was a good
2: Troy team, but still. How about the fact that offensively, Ole Miss has scored 83 points in the first
3: quarter this year. They've scored 82 in the fourth quarter. That's really impressive. That's after all the adjustments and everything are made where your opponent knows what you're going to try to do to them and they know all the schematics and all the game planning and it, it doesn't impact you. That's impressive. Well, th- there's your stat of the day, bop, bop. And uh, my other one is defensive line play. Now, I, I still don't think they're like particularly great on the defensive line. I think they are maximizing what they have personnel-wise on the defensive line. They, uh, they're they really good at, at sacks and tackles for loss. That, that is something that relative to overall stats, total defense and yards and things like that, they're better uh, than the numbers say that they are at creating havoc and forcing turnovers. So while they're limited personnel-wise on defense, and statistically they do give up points and yards, they create turnovers and they create havoc plays. And that's starting from the defensive line. They're outperforming what I thought they could, even with the portal going as well as it did for them. They're limited there, and they really produce on the defensive line. I was
2: was looking at... Some individual numbers. Uh, but, so my answer is I, I think they're better at linebacker than I thought they were going to be um, th- this season. So when you think about uh, Ole Miss has had little depth at that position. They've been okay at linebacker the last two years, but they've been very, very thin. If you want to think about two years ago, Chance Campbell played like all game, every game. And a year ago, who was it, Morky, that, that led the way at linebacker? Troy Brown and played oh, Troy Brown all season yeah. long. Yeah, both of those guys transfers in. Um, but if you think about linebacker play this year, okay, Ashanti Sistrunk's been around for a long time. He's having his best season. Ari Coleman, if you want to call him a linebacker, and I think that's how you classify him, He's had a really solid year and he's got two and a half sacks on the season and has done a pretty good job in coverage and is forced to fumble. Suntarian Perkins, as a true freshman, he's played in all six games and he's got 24 tackles and he's got three and a half sacks. Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, I mean, you know, there were people who, when he was coming in, were going, Oh, this guy's, if you watched him play at UCF, you knew that there were limitations with Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. But he was a good tackler, and he's played a lot of football, and he's been solid. Would you like him to be a step and a half faster than he is? Yeah, you absolutely would. But he's been solid at that spot. And Monty Montgomery has has made some plays, and he's played in all, all six games that the Rebels have played in. So that's a bunch of names, but part of the reason that that's a bunch of names Is that Ole Miss has played a bunch of people on the defensive side. If you look at the, like the participation chart on the offensive side versus the defensive side, not only have more people played on defense, but the, the guys outside of Trey Washington, who's playing basically every single snap, and it's so far and away the best season that he's had in his time at Ole Miss, it's not even close. But, but outside of him, nobody's just get, getting loaded down where they're playing every single snap every single game. And over the past couple of years, you've had two, three, four, five guys that are playing almost every snap on the defensive side. So I think that linebacker position uh, has been better than I expected it to be. And for the first time in a while, Ole Miss
3: seems to have developed some depth at that spot. They play a lot of guys on defense. We talk about that a lot, but it bears repeating. I mean, they, they are they heavily rotating guys, and that, that pays off late in games. Yeah. Um, and that applies, too, to the offense, right? There's a reason that they ran for over 100 yards in the fourth quarter because Quinshawn Judkins didn't have 40 carries at that point. They're using two backs almost equally. And so when, when you're able to keep them healthier – and Judkins had, what, 30 carries or so against LSU, so that's, that's a different story. But, man, you had two really fresh backs late in that game. And Bentley yeah. was the hot hand, so they gave it to him. Not limiting yourself to just one guy is, is paying off. And now sometimes you you have to because of depth and personnel, but they don't have to. almost as has 20 players on the
2: defensive side that have got double-digit tackles six games into the season. So that's... That's good. That, that, that's, that's really good. All right, uh, as expected, you, you said quarterback earlier,
3: Borky. You expected Jackson Dart to be this? I did because I all last year I thought he had this upside, that it was always there. It's just people were not putting everything into context. For, for some reason, there was such like a, a hot debate about Jackson Dart last year. He was 19. And joined the team in February, and spent all spring and summer and fall splitting reps with somebody in a competition. I mean, did you think he was going to be perfect playing in the SEC? With all of that, I mean, you shouldn't have. And, and because he wasn't Matt Corral, everybody was like, oh, he sucks, get somebody else. He always had this upside. It just, the circumstances were more normal for him this offseason. I always thought he had this in him.
2: I think the kicking game for Ole Miss has been as expected. I'm just not sure it's with the guy that I expected. Uh, I, I thought that Caden Costa was going to come back in and he was going to be the kicker for Ole Miss after serving the year suspension. He has not. Uh, it has been, uh, Caden Davis who has been the, the guy. He's 11 of 14. He's got a couple of misses late in the, uh, in the half. He's made a 56 yard field goal. I expected Ole Miss's kicking game to to be pretty good this year and and it has lived up to that. He's a perfect 24 of 24 on PATs. He uh has made 11 of 14 field goals. And how many touchbacks has he got this year? I'm talking, I'm looking for a different category. Feels like every pit, every kick there have been very very few kicks that have been returned on Ole miss. I'll have to dig through and find that. It's one of those It's like hidden in plain sight on the uh the team stat sheet. So I'll have to get back to you on that. Mm. All right. Worse then, or do we need to hold it? To, uh, yeah, let's hold it. Um, and maybe I'll have an answer for you on uh, touchbacks when we come back as well. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Where has all this been worse than you thought they would be so far this season? We'll talk about that next.
0: Talk Mississippi. Yeah, on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: So wrapping up this questions, observations on Mississippi State and Ole Miss, we'll start the 4 o'clock hour with a conversation on the Farm Bureau guest line with Ryan Brown from the next round, next round live in Birmingham, wherever you want to listen, but uh, they are based in Birmingham. That's how we will begin things in the 4 o'clock hour. But uh, the final thing is the, the area of underachievement for Ole Miss. Where has... Almost underachieved this year relative to your expectations going into the season?
3: Last couple of weeks kind of changed this, but uh, run blocking early, uh, especially bad. And, and I, I guess they've done schematic changes to alleviate that. But, I mean, even Mercer, you know, limited them on the ground to, to some degree. So run blocking and then receiver depth. So Trey Harris has been good, really, really, really good, actually. Um, Watkins has been good, and there's reporting out there that he injured himself in practice this morning. Could be out for a period of time. No, no real confirmation on that, but that's out there. Possibly without him, Wade's been good and useful, but now you're now who else? You know, if Watkins is out for a few weeks, well, now what? I mean, is, is frankly, gonna... I'm, I'm sorry to derail. That that is a big. Big deal. Yeah, he's been wildly consistent.
2: Jordan Watkins has been more than just the security blanket safety valve for Jackson Dart. He's made a bunch of really, really big plays. If you look at third-down conversions when they needed to get 13, he'll run a deep dig route at 14 yards, and boom, you get a first down. And he's had some big explosive plays deep down the field this year. That's a really significant blow. Yeah. For, uh, for Ole Miss, and, you know, if it is indeed a broken hand the way most people are reporting it is, then, um, I mean, can you pull Patrick Willis if you've got a broken hand as a wide receiver? No.
3: See, I was thinking about it. So the Saints had a defensive back, a reserve DB, break a finger, and, and the, the cast that they put on his finger, he was able to play a week later. But you're not catching the ball playing defense back. You're making sure that they don't catch the ball. Totally different thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if it's truly a broken hand... I mean, I feel
2: like Patrick Willis could have played wide receiver with that club on his hand, but only because, like, I mean, he's kind of like Chuck Norris.
1: I was, I was just going to go there. Yeah,
2: I don't know if, I don't know if Jordan Watkins has the ability
3: to channel his inner Chuck Norris or not. I wonder if they they move Wade to his slot and maybe Franklin's finally healthy or or the freshman Aiden Williams. Here you go. It's what you got recruited for. If you believe in next man up, now's your time. Now, now is your I mean, time. Coaches preach
2: it. Players looking for an opportunity. Uh, here, here is one. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a tough break. No pun intended for uh, for Ole Miss. No doubt. But but
3: that exacerbates the point. Receiver depth. They don't have any. They had they had three good reliable starters. You need more, and right now they don't have more. And, and yeah, look. So, so my
2: underachieve is is based solely on injury. It's Ole Miss has gotten less from Caden Priestcorn than I thought they would get from him, but it's simply because he had an injury that kept him out for what the last couple of weeks of camp, leading into the start of the season, last two or three weeks of camp, and then missed the first. Three games, first time we saw him was against Alabama in game four. And, you know, had the nice catch on the opening drive, not a whole lot after that. Last two games, he's been important for, for Ole Miss offensively. In the win against LSU and in the win over Arkansas, and it's not just catching the ball. I mean, in fact, I, I would argue that it's more in the run game than it is in the pass game. But I do think you're going to have a game somewhere along the way where he kind of pops in the passing game also, that, that Ole Miss is kind of Able to exploit the middle of the field and get a matchup that they, they really like. We'll, we'll see if it plays out that way. It feels like it certainly could. But uh, again, so underperforming based on what you expected going into the year, I would say Caden Prescorn, but not because of any fault of his own, simply because of the injury and the time that is uh, taken to, to get him back. So, hey, Dad, anything that uh, we missed on dramatically from your perspective?
1: No, not dramatically. I mean, you know, you can pick, you can nitpick all, all, all you want. You know, the, the 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 main point to take away from this is that as a whole, state has greatly underachieved. I, I I think Ole Miss has overachieved. I wouldn't say greatly. They're certainly talented. Yeah.
2: Sports talk, Mississippi. One hour in the books. We're going to start things off in the four o'clock hour with Ryan Brown this afternoon. Hey, what was the fishy line yesterday? What you guys settle on?
1: Uh, I took, uh, I said I had Louisville, only seven and a half over Pittsburgh.
3: One and four Pittsburgh. And mine was Kansas at Oklahoma State. If I remember correctly, it was a three-point line?
1: Only, only three and a half, I think, yeah.
2: Ooh. Ooh, that's that's surprising.
1: Yeah. It's fishy, that's you fishy. might say.
2: Some Something smells funny on that one.
1: Uh, yeah. Something uh, yeah.
2: smells funny. Four o'clock hour coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. We're back right after this.
0: Sports Talk, Mississippi. Sports Talk, Mississippi. On Super Talk, Mississippi. Did you get that memo?
3: Yes, sir.
2: Four o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. You can check them out online at PearlRiverResort.com. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team Mississippi Farm Bureau. Our good friend Ryan Brown from the next round. He is based in Birmingham, but you can find them online in many, many mediums, podcast, live stream, YouTube, all the things. If you want to see Ryan Brown's beautiful face and hear those dulcet tones, you can do it just about anyway. What's
4: up, buddy? That is uh, quite the intro. Um, I am currently in a situation, I can't find my car key, and Mm -hmm. I'm in our studio and I need to go home. And I was just telling Borky, I don't know what I did with it. So I think my phone uh, my phone will crank my car, um, but beyond that, I cannot find my car key. And it's also got the key to my uh, office and everything. So, um, so tell, how are you?
2: Tell me you've got a lot of money without telling me you've got a lot of money. How did my I do phone, that? My phone will crank my car.
4: Well, I mean, <laughs> is, that, is that not common anymore? I, I,
2: I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I can crank my car with my phone. I I don't know how to do that though. But at least you can get home. But yeah, that's uh. You got to put like an air tag on your car key well, or something.
4: I I've know. just walked out in the rain, and you know what? My phone did not do was unlock my car, which uh, I also thought it did. Uh, this mm. is turning into a disaster right here, though, Richard. Okay, it's unlocked now. So my phone will unlock my car. We're going to see if we'll crank it, too. I did deep? not know that was a big-money flex. I just thought it meant that uh, my car was Japanese-made, and they're kind of smart with those things.
2: <laughs> I just wish you had said I, my car was German-made. That would be even even better.
4: It is, it is not a Beamer or a Mercedes.
2: Absolutely not. Um, but, uh,
4: <laughs> it, is Alabama
2: a Beamer or a Mercedes these days?
4: What is, um, that is a, uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know if they are. Um, they have played better, obviously, of late.
2: Hold on. Did your car crank?
4: Not yet. Hang on. I'm trying to, I I can't figure out. There's a.
2: This is great. We're we're doing life with you right now.
4: Hang on. Hang on. You're about to flip over to Bluetooth. Um, so, uh, yeah, there we go. All right. This, we got you. Uh, They don't just give awards away. You have to earn them, and I'm sure this one's going to earn an award.
2: hmm Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, now that I'm not, like, entirely distracted <laughs> trying to crank my car, um, I still don't know where my key is, but my uh, phone has cranked my car, thankfully. Hey, hey so, um, is Alabama a Mercedes or a Beamer? I don't know. That remains to be seen. You know, um, they made. <laughs> Phil made a ton of mistakes in College Station, but they won the football game. And, you know, here's what's really cool about this. Like, if you just like college football stories, so, you know, Ole Miss, Mississippi State fans, try to flush your feelings about Alabama. If you just like college football stories, right, Um, Jalen Milrow one year ago was forced into a start against Texas A&M because Bryce Young was hurt against Arkansas. And – Alabama did not trust him to do anything in that game. It was handoff, run, run, handoff, run, you know, dump off, nothing. We're not going to ask you to do anything. Now, he did turn it over twice, so Alabama might have been warranted and that hesitation. But you fast-forward a full year, you're in College Station, they can't run the ball to save their life, and now they're asking him to do everything. I mean, they put the whole game in his hand and said, go win the game for us, I mean – that's a pretty remarkable personal turnaround for Jalen Milroe if you just look at it from you know from a pure sports uh, perspective, like that.
2: Yeah, and I don't. I think your point is a good one. In that, I don't know that anybody is necessarily looking for a feel-good story as it pertains to Alabama football <laughs> or anything <laughs> oh, no. related to it. But the the development of Jalen Milroe is real. He is getting better. It's like you can kind of see him growing up in front of your eyes. Uh, like in, in real time, and that's hard to do because it's a pretty big spotlight. And, look, I don't know if it was calculated or not. I don't know if Nick Saban thought, even if we play terrible, we're beating South Florida, but I need to go out and show everybody that Jalen Milrow is the best option, and I'm going to do that by playing these other two guys. Is that giving well, him way too much credit?
4: No, I think you're exactly right. I think maybe one day when Nick Saban is retired sitting in Jupiter, Florida, You'll get him to admit he treated that game like a scrimmage, knowing that they were good enough to win that game regardless of who they played a quarterback, knowing that your defense was never going to have you out of that game. Um, and I'll tell you who I think it was most important to. You know, like a lot of people are painting it like Nick Saban wanted to show the fans that Jalen Milrow was the only choice. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Saban wanted to show – I think – I'm sorry –
2: I know where you're going with this, I think.
4: Well, no, I think I think he wanted to show Jalen Milrow that Jalen Milrow was the only choice. That Jalen Milrow could go on that field, and every time he made a mistake, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder because he's now seen Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson play, and he knows this is my football team. I am the quarterback. I am the best player. Now I'm going to go play like it. And, you know, I think that's hugely critical uh, for Alabama and Jalen Milrow moving forward. And, frankly, it didn't show a ton in the first half against Ole Miss. But from the second half against Ole Miss on, uh, he has been tremendous for Alabama.
2: I agree with that. I actually thought you were going to say it showed the rest of the team that, that this is. Well, I
4: think, yeah, I think that too. And then maybe there was an element of Tommy Reese who thought Tyler Buckner was something that Tyler Buckner isn't. You know, that Tommy Reese had gotten Tyler Buckner to transfer into Alabama from Notre Dame because he thought he could play. And maybe Saban, you know, I had heard that from Reese. He's like, okay, let's let your boy go out there and play, and let's see what he's got. And, hey, Buckner was awful. I mean, I'm sure Tommy Reese probably had to walk back in and say, all right, I saw it, and you're right. And there is no doubt now this is Jalen Melrose football team. There's not one person in the state of Alabama calling for Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner. They know it's Jalen Melrose team.
2: Is Alabama going to run the table?
4: You know, I don't know. It is entirely possible. When you start looking at, you know, I don't think Arkansas could beat them this weekend. Arkansas is not great. They don't protect Jefferson very well. You just saw them um, in that state against Ole Miss. Um, You know, Tennessee, I want to see Tennessee a little bit more. I haven't seen them without Brew McCoy yet, so we'll get that against A&M. LSU just, I mean, it'll be a shootout uh, potentially with LSU. So Alabama's defense played really, really well. You know, the Iron Bull is that Jordan Hare, and if you study the history of that game, it is, it's most turbulent when it's that Jordan Hare.
2: Yeah, but. So, yeah, but.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Auburn. Look, I'll tell you what Alabama's got. I mean, I still think their offense is a little bit unknown and inconsistent, but what they've got is, I think, a championship level defense. That defense is really, really good, and, and they're good at all levels. And, that keeps you in a whole lot of ball games when your offense is struggling a little bit.
0: Yeah.
2: Visiting with Ryan Brown from uh, from the next round. We're still a, a week and a half away from Ole Miss making a trip to the Plains. I uh, I, I kind of argued earlier this year that 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 there are only a certain number of bullets in the gun for for Auburn this year. Um, the the game that they played at Texas A and M was one of those. Uh, obviously, low scoring didn't get it done. I feel like Hugh Freeze is saving a bullet for Ole Miss and he's saving a bullet for Alabama and he's going to throw everything he's got at the, those two games in particular. Am I wrong?
4: Um, yeah, I, no, I don't know that you're wrong. I, I will just say though, one of the bullets is not a I, prolific passing game. They just they don't they don't have they can't throw the
2: football. And I mean, I, by the way, I meant Georgia, not a And I I couldn't come up with that Georgia game. George is the one that I meant, though.
4: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because let me tell you what they did against Georgia, which they'll probably try to do against uh, LSU this weekend with LSU's poorest defense is forget the pass game, run quarterback, run a little back to, you know, and I think they can have more success with the traditional run game against LSU that they did not have against Georgia. Um, you know, and, and run some quarterback stuff and get the quarterback out in the open field. And, I, I mean, I think I think there's a path for them against LSU because defense is really good, and I think it could slow LSU down a little bit. There's a path for Auburn to be in that game. I don't know that they go to Baton Rouge and win it, but at some point that's going to run out. You just can't do that every game. This is not a service academy running the triple option. They're going to have to throw to win some games, and when they've been asked to do that, it has not been good. Uh, Thorne is not good. Ashford is not good. They just simply cannot throw the football. and. Freeze, uh is frustrated with his offense. You could tell he's frustrated with his coaching staff. He's been openly critical of his offensive staff, which I am told by people in Mississippi, I should expect that to happen. Um, it is. It is. It is. He's very, very frustrated with this offense, which tells you he doesn't feel like it's going to get a whole lot better. I don't think.
2: Yeah. I would think he would be very proud of himself if the offense is performing at a high level, but you know, well, we digress. Um, last thing is, only got a, only got a minute left. Okay. Um, is that environment next Saturday night on the plains going to be about as good as it gets at Auburn? You know, under the lights, the Hugh Freeze, Old Miss thing, even though it's not a great Auburn team. Uh,
4: yeah. I mean, I, it's probably other than the Iron Bowl, the best remaining environment you'll have there. And some of that depends probably on how the LSU game goes. But you know, I do think um, Lane Kiffin's a little bit of a villain to Auburn fans, just because he's Lane Kiffin, and also because of the way that whole Job rumor thing went down last year. Then you got Hugh Freeze against his old team. There's going to be plenty of storylines there. Who knows if Lane says something that spices it up a little bit? He's done that in the past. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll. Yeah, I, I think you right. have a pretty juiced up, uh, juiced up environment there.
2: And when you say the way that thing went down, you mean the way he spurned them. My words, not yours. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> All right, boys. You'll be good. We'll talk soon.
0: Hey, what
1: we do next? Keep it moving, buddy.
0: You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888 808 8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
2: Conversation with Ryan Brown joining us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. There is something that is special about playoff baseball that starts while the sun is still out with the shadows creeping and finishes in the dark when it's cold enough that just about everybody in the stands has got a sweatshirt or long sleeves on but it's not so cold that they have to pull like their ski gear out, and you got a packed stadium, and that's the scene in Philadelphia this afternoon. Braves with a dramatic come from behind win to split the series five to four on Monday night. Yesterday was an off day, travel day for the uh, the National League teams, and uh, now you've got the uh, the Braves and the Phillies series tied one one in a best of five. And they are getting after it in the city of brotherly love, which is so counter to how they actually are, or at least the reputation for how they actually yeah. are. Where did that come from? The city of brotherly love that throws batteries at opposing fans and boos Santa Claus.
1: Yeah. If you're an opposing fan, you're not their brother. You therefore you get no love. They boo their no brotherly own brotherly love.
3: I mean, Joel Embiid gets booed, and then he wants to go play somewhere else. And they're like, oh, why does he want to be here? He's soft. He's like, no, you guys hey. treat him like crap.
1: They're not They're not booing. They're saying Embiid. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Uh, somebody I said what
2: channel? TBS. TBS for your viewing of pleasure. Game three of the National League Division Series between the Braves and the fighting Phils.
3: The field-level angle of the Braves winning on the – Catch him out at the wall, Man. throw him out at first. Is that that is? I'm not a Braves fan. I got chills watching that. the The field level view where you, where you see the, the the ball gets hit in the air and the stadium's like silent. They like, oh, that's a home run. And so there's there's this gasp. Michael of, Harris didn't think so. Yeah, there's that gasp of oh no, oh no. Ball gets caught and there's a loud cheer, and then you feel and see the crescendo of Oh Harper's on second. Oh Harper's on second. Get him, get him, get him! And the first throws offline, and so they're, and then they get him out. And that roar is—I oh, mean, that's just sports, man. And, and baseball is—I mean, we talk about this all the time. I'm not the biggest Major League Baseball fan. I'll watch it, but I, I don't have a team. I'm, I'm not engaged. There is something about a crowd like what you get in Atlanta that is hung up on every single pitch. That makes baseball so exhilarating to watch. It's playoff baseball. It's—I mean, forty-five thousand people hung up on every single pitch for three hours. As a viewer, is exhilarating to watch. It's—it's it's intoxicating through a television. Being there has got to be next level. Who was it that?
2: Who's the third? Was it the third baseman that cut the throw off? In the middle of the infield? Yeah, it was Austin, Austin Riley. Riley. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Harris makes the unbelievable catch at the wall and immediately turns and fires it. And it and it kind of goes over first base, and Austin Riley makes this shoestring backhand grab and just throws a seed across the diamond to first base just in time to get Bryce Harper, and it's like... Wow. You
1: get the feeling that that Harris was just he saw Harper and he's like, I just he wasn't aiming for anybody. He's like, I just gotta get this ball into the infield just and they'll let take it from fly. there. Yeah. yeah. Just let it rip um, and somebody'll make a play.
2: And and it's like, okay, if 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 we're playing baseball the way we're supposed to be playing baseball, if I let it fly toward the middle of the infield, there should be somebody there to cut it. And Austin Riley gets there. I mean, if you're if you're going, you know, standard cutoff man, you got your. I guess it'd be second baseman going out, shortstop going to the bag, and Austin Riley's kind of the backup in the middle of the infield, and he gets there and cuts it off and makes a great throw over to first. And um, do you
3: want to hear how it sounded? From friend of the program, Ben Ingram. You got Ben Ingram's call? I've heard Brian Anderson's call from TV. I have not.
2: Let's listen to Ben Ingram's call. If if
3: there's foul language in this, please forgive me. I'll try to hit the dump button. I doubt it. But just in case, I have not vetted this clip. I haven't vetted it. But here it is. Ben
0: Ingram. Fire 2-2. In the air, out towards right center field. Harris going to go back. Harris back to the warning track. He leaps. Michael's got it! He's got it! They fired it in, and it rolls across the infield. Taken by Riley. He no throws play. to the back! No they play. double him off! Ball game over! Braves win!
2: I've never seen a play like that! Oh! Braves even up the
0: series. It was back to the wall. Harris went to the wall. Harper took off. He made a leaping catch of the wall. Fired it in. It rolled past Hobbies.
2: Backing up the play was Riley. He secured it through to the bag. Doubled off Harper. And the Braves even up the series. Braves' double
1: play you're ever going to see.
2: That is exceptional. Let me play um, the version from TBS Brian Anderson is one of the low-key best television play-by-play announcers that you've got out there. I understand that this may buffer because I'm playing it from Twitter it always stinks, but uh, let's see if it'll work. Here we go. Most closers don't. He deals a
0: 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be double up. The throw gets away. The throw.
3: It you was incredible. Hear that Crescendo of crowd. Hey, you want one more? You want the Spanish, bro? <laughs> oh yes. Yes, I definitely want that. Absolutely I, I want that.
1: Can't stress enough how much I want it. This is Go. uh
3: this is the Atlanta Braves Spanish radio network.
1: Para Los Brados blancados. Lanzamiento a la Home. Patazo. Peligroso. Al central. Para atrás, para atrás, para atrás, para atrás, para atrás. Harris, captura. Van a agarrar fuera de base a Bryce Harper. Tiro para la primera. ¡Se acabó el juego! ¡Se acabó
0: la
2: See, see, like, like. I mean, I know, I know what Quattro meant. He said four. He, I knew that. E- even if you don't know a lick of Spanish, but you're a sports fan, how about the rise in the fall? Right. I mean, it, you, you hear the where he repeats the same phrase over and over and over. I mean, that was that was Michael Harris going back, back. going back, going back, going back. Oh, makes the catch, and then there's a pause the... because everybody kind of. A lady called it great. It's no home run, thank goodness. Oh, there's a chance, and then it just grows and grows and grows again. It's incredible. Hey, Ed, we got a text that, was, that said, "Rise it up."
1: That, <laughs> you <laughs> needed that in there. Yes. <laughs> that was the uh that was the Spanish version of Chris Bourbon. Back, 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 back. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Robert says there was if, if that guy, Spanish version borky. You should have hit the uh dump button. Uh,
3: that's all right. Ro- I mean, uh, whatever. We're good I'm on that.
1: That is that. Yeah. If he had broken out into the eye of the tiger at the end of that, I might have I might have uh, gone to the bathroom on myself. Just I would have lost it at that point.
3: Ben's great, great. man. He's got I, that, can't,
1: I can't go any further.
3: He's got that old school sound, but he doesn't. You know what I mean? It's not forced. It, it's it, he's he's great.
2: I would say this to to Ben himself. He's he's a friend, and I think he is incredibly talented. And I think Ben Ingram has harnessed his voice a little bit. I think if you go back to earlier in his career, he knew his voice was good, and it was almost like he overplayed it just a little bit. And, and, And he's backed off of that just a touch, and it's just, I mean, the pipes are real. His understanding of the game is real. His preparation game after game after game is off the charts. Ben Inger is one of those guys where you're like, you know, if you're not happy for someone who is a good person chasing their dream and reaching the pinnacle, then that's a you problem. Because it's really, really cool to see that. Because Ben's a great guy. He is Mississippi to the core, but he's doing what he loves. He's doing what his dream is. And I think I can say this now. There was some pretty serious consideration of whether or not it made sense to move Ben over to the television side for the Braves. But they felt so good about where their radio broadcast was, and I'm not saying that that won't ever happen, but they felt so good about where their radio broadcast was at the time that they said, no, no. Last year was kind of his first full season or a couple of years as the the full-time play-by-play guy. We we need to let this thing grow a little bit first. So, anyway, uh, Ben's, Ben's tremendous. That's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And you know what's cool about baseball? Even if you have been checked out since the first month of the season, like you got into it on opening day, You kind of stuck with it for the first couple of weeks. Maybe you checked in at the All-Star. All of that's okay. You can come back for the playoffs and feel like you never even left, and the drama is fantastic. Playoff baseball, really, really good. We're back after this on Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Welcome
2: back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Don't forget, it is Wednesday and that means that, uh, we've got Thunder and Lightning on the radio coming for your, uh, coming your way after Sports Talk Mississippi on this evening. That is, of course, hosted by Brian Haydad. You can catch Thunder and Lightning as a podcast five days a week, talking all things Mississippi State, taking a bit of a break this week. From uh, football stuff, there's some football stuff mixed in there, but uh, kind of broadening its horizons to some of the other sports on campus this week. And for all things Ole Miss, you can listen to the Rebel Report, hosted by Michael Vorky, available wherever you get your podcast. It is free. It's also available online at supertalk.fm.
3: I assume, hey, Dad, you're going to be spending the entire hour on the thorough and in-depth injury update we got from Mississippi State today?
1: Great detail. So I got a lot to talk about there. Yes.
2: Actually, actually, I, I have a question. Hey, then, what, yeah. what's coming, what's coming up tonight on the thunder and lightning pie, uh, uh, thunder and lightning on the radio?
1: Ooh, yeah. Thunder and lightning. Aha. Uh-huh. Six o'clock here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Right after that, scumbag Richard Cross stops talking. That's when the Macho Man comes on. Aha. Uh-huh. And I gotta tell you, I got a great show tonight. It's just me, but that's all you need. Hate ad madness. Running wild, brother. Ooh, yeah.
2: Snap into a Slim Jim.
1: Yeah. I like slim jumps.
2: All right. So, you were I had lazy. a. Uh, so, hey, that was lazy and didn't get a guest this week. So, uh, no, I had. A I, had an an a, I,
1: I, I, my guest uh, wasn't, he's on, he's recruiting. So, I couldn't get him on this week. Well, okay. That's, uh, that's fine. So, that's, you got Thunder and lightning. But I have, a, uh, I have a dentist appointment scheduled for October the 25th. Uh,
3: can, oh, can, can I, can I, so I be you, honest? So do you. Can I be honest? So do you, too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. The dentist is a bad nickname. No, it's great. I like
1: it. I disagree with you. It's bad.
3: But you—you well, you said yeah, I have a course. dentist
2: appointment. Like I was immediately supposed to pick up on that, and I'm like, you should—you should have. I—you I, should have, oh, but you didn't.
3: Uh, Chris James.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
3: I mean, I like so, Rostin. I had uh, people make fun of Rostin. I like him. He's goofy as can be. College basketball is goofy and uh, whatever. It's he, he's fun.
2: He's passionate about what he loves, and he's tried to figure out a way to monetize that passion, and I think he's done that with t shirt sales and whatever. whatever. Which we could decide.
3: Yeah, he's fine. He's a fine guy. Uh, That's not his best work. I like it. No, it's fine. I like it. I like it.
2: What what would you propose, Porky? I'd have to think on it. Yeah, you
1: got a barrel? Uh, Okay, then. You should. If you're you're going to. If you're going to take a nickname stance like that, you've got to have a backup ready.
3: Not, not every coach needs a nickname either. I mean, what's Limonis' nickname? Oh, oh text Limo. line, don't answer that. Limo. Wait, don't answer
1: that. Um, I mean, he's got one, though. It's Limo. What, what's Kiffin's nickname? Joey Freshwater?
3: What, what, oh, Yeah, well... I don't know if that's a nickname. It's more of an alias, but it's, it's an doing alias. Doing yeah, the, but still.
2: The Portal King thing for a while. I feel like that's kind of going.
3: Portal King, yeah. It has gone yeah, away. Yeah, it has. What's Nick Saban's nickname? Goat? It's not really...
1: Nick? Man, his first name is Nicholas, isn't it? Yeah. That's not a... There,
3: there's, there's a
2: lengthy that? list that came to mind that some people might call Saban. But I felt like they were borderlining on Sacrilegious, and so I just stopped right there. But, I, I mean, I think there are a lot of people that deify Nick Saban, especially within that uh,
3: Alabama fan base. So,
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. He'd,
3: he'd get a governor yes. vote from a lot of
1: people in that state. I wish he would run against Tupperville. It would be, <laughs> be so well, funny well, to say, see how that worked hey, out.
2: Hey, Morky, he wouldn't just get a governor vote. He'd win. Everybody from Alabama would vote for him. I mean, like, I think he then, might unify Republicans and Democrats. And Auburn people would be like, wait, we can get him off the sideline if we vote for him for
1: governor? Exactly. Viva
2: exactly. Whatever. Saban. Well, it,
1: Whatever a state fan, Ole Miss fan, LSU fan, Tennessee fans live there, same thing. Like, we can get him out, vote for him. Well, he's 99% of, of anywhere, the vote. How long do you have to be a resident now, of a
3: state to, to run for governor? Like, could he be DeSantis I think replacement is proving this that you don't have to be a you
1: don't have to be a uh, resident at
3: all oh true yeah you got a senator from California that's from Maryland so um, exactly but but he's gonna retire to his 17 million dollar beachfront mansion right next to Celine Dion so <laughs> Nick you are
1: always here now have you that, retired
3: see that that I cannot stop laughing thinking about their conversations. And like what they, Nick Saban and his new neighbor Celine Dion? Like what about what, the conversation they between his commercial mate Dion Sanders? But they can talk football. Yeah. You know, they're like, talking football. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, De- this, uh,
1: what is Celine Celine Dion and Nick Saban? What do they have in common?
2: I bet he's got I'm a really good. Lady. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I want to. I want to go to the karaoke party where where Saban's there singing. I don't know what he's singing, but
3: I bet Nick Saban's got a really good, like, classy wine collection.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got a, he, I bet he has a decanter. Oh, I'm sure he's got. I guarantee yeah. Nick Saban's got it, got a decanter going right. there. But you no would question. think
3: football coach bourbon. No, I feel like Nick Saban when he when he goes home to Miss Terry, he's a wine guy. They're, they're wine people. So, so you think the little Debbie snack and coffee
2: is just like a cover? No, I think that's him being no, football no, no. guy.
1: That's him in the morning, but in the evening, a, a glass of vino, a yeah. glass of red. After he finishes his game planning for the day, big body cab. That's uh, that's Nick Saban.
3: Yeah, he's got like a ten thousand dollar bottle that they I open know what, for special occasions.
1: You know, I know what Arnett is. What what is Kiffin? Nothing, I think. Now he quit drinking. Okay, well, good for him. What was Kiffin? Tequila guy. That's the, I mean, I just being a beach guy. Vodka. vodka? I respect that. I'm a vodka guy. So. I
2: think. I mean, I... Like, I that would fit.
1: That would fit. So, no, yeah. I was thinking more like... I was thinking more like a margarita kind of guy, you know? Like the modern-day Jimmy Buffett. If yeah. Buffett were a football coach, he'd be Kiffin.
2: Yeah, it, it, if Lane Kiffin still drinks, it is with a great deal of moderation. Um, but... I, I think it's it's very very rare, if at all, anymore. All right. What'd you say? You
1: said okay. are that's a bourbon guy? I uh, big time bourbon guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: inflation has caused uh, my alcohol intake to decrease as well. Um, sporting events and are like bars are up. To, I mean, like I, I w- went to a sporting event recently. Very expensive beers. I get it. I'm, it is what it is. But I go to a bar. And it was $6 for a Michelob Ultra at a bar. I get sporting events. Like, I understand that concept. Like, upcharging at a sporting event. Because you're already out here, and you're going to pay for it, so do it. But I went to a bar, and it was $6 for the cheapest beer that they offered. I had it because I ordered it, and they brought it to me and told me what it was. But I left the bar. It's like, I can find this cheaper somewhere else. The fact that you think that these 12 ounces... Are worth six of my dollars. No, never again. I will never go back to said bar.
2: Well, maybe that all bars are like that. I made. I, I used. I went with a big brain play today. We were driving home, and um, kids wanted a water, and so I pulled off the gas station and walked over. And if you buy individual bottled water at a convenience store, it's expensive. And the Dasani twenty, like just the twenty-four ounce bottles of Dasani, there are two twenty-nine a piece. I was like, well, okay. So I reached in and started to get them. And you know what I saw sitting right next uh, to the the cooler where the water The jug? Nope. The jug. I saw a case of Dasani water. And I Hi, said, you. I don't see a price tag, but I'm rolling the dice here. And I carried that case of water and checked out. and It was $9.99 for 24 bottles did, oh, as yeah. opposed to two twenty nine for the single bottle. That felt like a win. Yeah. He did good. Yeah. That's just being economical. Yeah, uh, Borky, you could get a six pack of Bush Light for six dollars. Yeah, Jake says a draft beer in air uh, in an airport is up to sixteen dollars now.
1: Uh, Don't tweet your said, uh, your tab if you if you get paid to buy those. Do what now? There was some guy from the New York Times who got everybody riled up. He's like this is my my meal at the airport it cost 78 bucks it's crazy what inflation is doing and like the bar tweeted back and it was like you had three bourbon on the rocks mm. <laughs> the water was 78 dollars receipts they kept receipts yeah uh, they did they were they were they, yeah.
2: daughter said cover charges in Oxford can be between 50 and 200
3: dollars on game day weekends. You know, I've i I've had people complain to me about that. Like, hey, man, it's crazy. Then don't go to the bar. And if enough of you don't, don't go, go, they won't charge you it. Borky, uh, some somebody um,
2: has sent you a picture. Dan at Hattiesburg has of a uh, a Mississippi State decanter. It's like it, we get that with the script state. more than one purpose. Even sports talk Mississippi with you. Streaming Not the best design. Talk. .fm and Super Talk TV. We, uh, we're back with you. Right after this. Go to break!
1: Go
4: to break!
0: What we're gonna do right here is go back. And so now back to... Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: thinking during the break, yeah, we were talking about bottled water just a moment ago. And. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the best tasting bottled
1: water? Core.
2: Oh. Infused Elite with electrolytes, right?
1: I don't know if it is or not, but it's very good. Is that just because they give it to you for free I... at
2: the SEC event?
1: Or do you buy that? They do, but life? I spend the money on it. If I, when I want to buy a bottle of water, I, I, I'll, I that's a name brand uh, thing for me. I, I will get a, a quality bottle of water. I get that or Smart Water.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would not pick
3: Core. Borky, what's the best tasting bottle of water? Um, I mean, I guess Smart Waters. Like, if I have, if I feel like spending the money, I don't buy bottled water much. Like, almost never. You a tap water guy? Yeah, just because it's there. Yeah.
2: Um. So I think that, like, Dasani and Aquafina and Ozarka and Sam's and Kroger and Walmart, I think those all taste the same to me. I do not like Evian. Evian tastes different. It's got a funny taste to it. Have you ever had Evian water?
1: No. You've never tried a bottle of Evian? I've never had a bottle of Evian.
2: All right. Well, homework which is, is... By expensive. the way, you which
1: should. is uh, is naive spelled backwards.
2: Mm. To me, it's smart water and Fiji. Those are the ter- the two that taste the best.
1: I haven't had Perrier either, in case you're wondering. Yeah,
2: that's Something different, about right? the square bottle that Fiji comes in that's pretty cool. Yeah. I
1: don't, know. I don't think I've ever done Fiji. I uh, I've seen it. I'm, it's it's right there when I make my purchases, but never gotten it.
2: This is uh, all right, here we go. I, I was I was Without wondering going. I was wondering how this was gonna go. Um the first vote we got was for life water. And we got a Fiji. We've got Evelmore water. And then there's this, Zach and Oscar. What world do we live in? Best bottle of water? I remember my mother saying in the eighties that one day somebody would be stupid enough to buy water in a bottle. Oh my, how things changed.
1: She was right, we all are.
2: Pure the brand. Okay. Nestle water tastes like someone passed gas in it. Okay. All of them taste like plastic except core. That's from Tim and Tupelo. Most people core. don't like Dasani. That's true. Yeah, but but
1: is it? Dasani is like the Coca-Cola of waters. It's made by Coca Cola too, obviously, but like that's just like it's just there. Everything's
2: made by Coca Cola. They control the world. Yeah. If he would have told my grandfather that sure. one day we would bottle up water and sell it for three bucks a pop, he would have laughed in my face. Evian is by far. Well, he would have been best. wrong. Yeah, I just uh I don't know, Evian doesn't
4: <laughs> To just me small water, water
2: and Fiji water taste clean.
3: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think the Sonny is from Atlanta's tap system.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Evian, How great would that be if coach just putting it under the tap the whole time?
2: Oh, let's
1: see here. Best bottled
2: water (laughs) scores light. (laughs) That's great. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. Comes in the can, too.
3: Stream of consciousness, how did we get here? Somebody's asking.
1: Uh, We started, Richard was driving home and uh, made a a financially sound decision.
3: But what came before that? Getting the whole stream of consciousness.
1: We were talking about Nick
3: Saban and what he's going to do in Nick retirement. Nick Saban's
1: nickname. Right.
3: His nickname and then what he's going to do in retirement because he's living next to Celine Dion. He's probably right. got a really classy selection of wine. Right. And then
1: and I, I turned Richard that into
3: over like, us into- beer prices are ridiculous and I got charged $6 for an ultra at a bar recently. And then I made a
2: big brain decision where instead of paying two twenty nine for a bottle of water, I bought that's a case where of water it is for
1: nine dollars and ninety nine cents. There it is. It was Borky complaining about the price of beer, leading into Richard saying, "Hey, I made a great financial decision regarding a beverage yesterday." There it is. You know
2: what? i never after tonight. I'm never going to have to make a great financial decision again.
1: You with the lottery? Yes. You're leaving your kids? Oh.
2: No! 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 I didn't know where he was going. Dad, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
2: I'm not well, leaving my today, kids.
1: Earlier today, you were, earlier today you were like, oh, hey, Dad likes his own success more than his children.
2: so I, I can fire back. No, I, I just I just don't think it's going to be necessary to uh, make. Well, I mean, that's not true because the whole you go broke and whatever. After if you go broke after winning the 1.73 billion dollar Powerball, that's a you problem.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi is, 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 On Super Talk Mississippi
2: 5 o'clock hour on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395-CC in Centotopia. If you go broke after winning a $10 million lottery, it's a you problem. Non-sequitur, is that a verb? Hey, Dad says, I just made it a verb. That's right. Kyle says, did we hear who won the Polks this week, or did Richard's trip to Hawaii delay
3: that? Oh, was just no. a quick weekend to Scottsdale. Uh... We,
2: you did hear if you were listening on Monday afternoon, Marty indicator was our winner this week. He went 6 and0 and he won the tiebreaker, which was total points in the Ole miss LSU game. That number was 47. His pick was 52 and that was the closest to the uh, total score. Um, didn't Napoleon die from arsenic poisoning because it was in cake icing and hair tonic and everything else? Normal for the time. Oh, oh! I think this is to uh, this is the whole point about um, paying for your water. This guy says, "I ain't drinking no. this Jackson tap water, and I'm too lazy to boil it, so he's willing to pay what it costs to drink bottled water." I get it. And then we also got that was a straight up bar conversation. Well done, fellas. You're welcome. Good
1: what we were shooting for.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Alongside Michael Borkey and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We're coming, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. They've got some really good stuff in their fall collection. That uh, is new, uh, some new styles. Not to mention new prints. Philadelphia is now. If it's fair, it's gone. Is it fair or foul? It is way fair and it is way gone. Bryce Harper just hit a three-run jacket. Is now four to one Philly in the bottom of the third inning. My
3: goodness, what a baseball swing! But I digress. He's one of those, one of the few that at sixteen was an international sports sensation, and kind of became that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he, he lived up to the billing. Has. And, and has fought through some some difficult injuries and kind of reinvented himself a couple of times. Really good player. Uh, no, the, the fall collection at Gentile, really good. Check them out. Uh, you can see on their website, new arrivals. Um, they've got a, you know, hoodies are all the rage right now. They have a quarter zip hoodie that is in a super soft sweatshirt material, you can check that out. to get some new prints and pullovers, quarter zips. I've got one of those on today. It's like a Navy base with some white squigglies, and it. it's just a random pattern. Uh, but some really good-looking stuff. Check them out online at genteelapparel.com. Great customer service. Uh, if if in the rare event that something about your order is not exactly the way you expect it to be, you let them know, and they will take care of it and take care of it quickly. That's uh, because they stand behind their products at Genteel Apparel. All right, let's get to the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. All go to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Not just trucks, but cars and SUVs as well. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So we did something last week, right? I mean, you've got rankings all over the place. And Borky said, why don't we power rank the SEC teams? And we did that last week. And I think we all admitted that it is not a particularly easy exercise, especially in the, like, 4 to 10 range, 4 to 9, something like that. Uh 3 to 9, 3 to 10. And you, you decide what, what range. But we had some fun doing that and we said we should update those each week, so let's do our updated SEC power rankings. Last week we kind of started at the bottom and worked our way up. Let's just start at the top and work our way down this week. In my mind, Georgia not only is still the number one team, but they distance themselves from everybody else in that number one ranking in terms of being the best team in the SEC with their performance last week against Kentucky. They reminded us that there is another gear. And for the first time all season long, they downshifted into that gear last week against Kentucky.
3: Yeah, At the moment, there's no discussion to be had. No.
2: You know, I I was thinking about this yesterday. To me, there is... There are a lot of people that are looking at that November 11th game between Ole Miss and and Georgia. And they're going, you know, that may be the biggest challenge they've got left on their schedule. To me, there's a reason to be concerned about that game if you're Ole Miss. And I'm not saying it's a lost cause or anything like that. But Georgia seems to thrive on getting into a game where people start saying, well, they could lose this one. Uh, I mean, Georgia might be vulnerable here. And then all of a sudden they take it to a different level. You think about last season. You remember that game when Tennessee came to to Athens and people were so Mm -hmm. fired up about that Tennessee-Georgia game. Now, the final score was not as lopsided as the performance was in the rain. Georgia dominated that football game. And whatever thoughts you had about, okay, could Tennessee get them this year, quickly evaporated as that game unfolded, so that's um, it. I don't think if you're Ole Miss, you want to hear a whole lot of that leading up to the Georgia game during that week. Oh, is this the is this the time? You know, Ole Miss red hot offense playing at a really high level. Oh, you, you no, know, just be real quiet. You want Georgia to look at that game the way they looked at the road trip to Missouri a year ago? Eh, just show up, and then maybe you kind of catch them off guard. All right, number two, Alabama. Clear. We, we had Alabama at two last week. I don't think no they did debate. anything to change that. Hmm. That, no agree. debate.
1: Agreed 100%. Yeah. No debate. No debate where? Yeah.
2: All right, number three, I wrote down Ole Miss at three. Am I wrong?
1: I'm not going to debate you on that. That's that's where they are right now.
2: Should, should there be any debate? Okay, so let's think about who else you would put into that category. In the east, you got Kentucky, who just got thumped by Georgia, Uh, You got Florida at four and two overall, two and one in the league. Missouri just lost at home to LSU. I mean, Tennessee eh, four and one, one and one. No Bru McCoy anymore. In the West, Tennessee
1: wins this weekend. They they might have a case.
2: Okay, if they beat a And M at home, yeah, I certainly would listen to that. Yeah. In, In the West, you've got LSU, who clearly has problems on the defensive side. They have lost two games.
1: I like and what Chase said. He said he would he would rank LSU's offense in this spot. You
2: might rank LSU's offense first or second,
3: brother. LSU's
1: offense yeah, is
3: one uh, a or excuse me one one in the United States of America. Yeah, but but there you is that play, whole defense yeah. and special teams
2: thing. Um. A&M's got two losses. They just lost at home to Alabama. Ole Miss has only lost this to Alabama. They have a win over LSU. I mean, I think just kind of based on what
3: we've seen, it makes the most sense. That's why, and I was talking about this with somebody earlier today, that the the parallels between last year's Ole Miss team and this year's Ole Miss teams don't exist. There's resume. There there are data points that they have been tested at this point. So, I mean, maybe A&M beats them here in a few weeks. Hell, maybe they go to the Plains and lose. I don't know. But from what we know today and what the resume says today, I don't think you can formulate an argument that would put them anywhere other than third. I'm sure that there are Tennessee people that would say Tennessee's better, but that wouldn't be rooted in objective fact. Now, of course, things change. It's college football. Things change every week. But right now, I don't think there's a argument to that selection.
1: Who's number four? Th- this is where it gets interesting. This is where it's, yeah, it's it's really, it's probably Tennessee.
3: You know what I think it is? Even though I understand why you wouldn't put them there? Texas A&M. Mm. I actually wrote down no. LSU as number four.
1: Mm, so three different opinions. You know
3: what, though? I know they're really bad on defense, but my gosh, when you have Daniels and those weapons and the ability to score that much, it's hard to be lower than that.
2: LSU's 3-1 and one in conference play. They have a road win at Mississippi State. They have a road win against what was an undefeated Missouri. They have a road loss to Ole Miss, and their home win is against who? Who did they beat at home? LSU's Arkansas. home win is Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. They beat Arkansas at home.
3: When Sam Pittman decided to uh, just play hard-nosed defense when he had no timeouts and a minute left, and LSU had first and goal. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got
2: LSU 4, Tennessee 5, Texas A&M 6. We'll learn those two this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, those Mm -hmm. those could easily flip. All right, we'll pick this up at number 7 on the other side of this timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll step away and be right back.
0: Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station.
2: Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. A little bit quieter in town for a couple of weeks with an open date and then a road game at Auburn, but uh, plenty still going on. You can keep up with everything that's happening in and around Oxford through that website, visitoxfordms.com. Just go to the events page uh, and be sure to follow them on all of their social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at VisitOxfordMS. Uh, point of order on this week's Polk's Pick Six. We've already had um, quite a few entrants for week seven. Southern Miss's game is included in this week's Polk's Pick Six. However, Southern Miss does not play until next Tuesday night. So we will not announce a winner. Until next Wednesday, so you got five games plus uh, that are happening on Saturday, plus the Southern Miss game on Sunday. Uh, normal procedure: you still got to have your picks uh, picks in by Friday morning, and uh, I'm sorry, by Saturday morning. What ten o'clock Saturday morning? I think is the uh, the cutoff that we've set for all of those games. So you still get your picks in, and then we'll close it off right then, and we will announce a winner on. Wednesday of next week, we'll still have the, the following week's games up before that as well. So uh, check it out, supertalk.fm slash polks for your chance to win a prize pack uh, from polks. We've done that six weeks in a row. We'll do it again this week. So you get this week uh, a little bit more of a national flavor this week because had some good national games. Miami at North Carolina. Miami trying to bounce back from their befuddling loss to Georgia Tech. Oregon at Washington game of the year so far. Texas A&M at Tennessee. That's a really fascinating game. Southern Cal at Notre Dame, Southern Miss at South Alabama, which is next Tuesday night, and then uh, Missouri at Kentucky, the tiebreaker is the total number of points in the Oregon Washington game.
3: Hey, that told me I was crazy yesterday when I said I love Notre Dame against USC on Saturday. I love the You're Irish. Crazy.
1: Double or nothing. You haven't got me that lunch yet.
3: I mean, if if you want to double it, I'll double it.
1: So let's straight double up or nothing.
3: Yeah, you, yeah no. Nothing, I'm, right? So I guess what I'm saying is I'm in. Straight up, I'll take Notre Dame. You take USC. So
1: okay, we are looking camera. at Here
2: two lunches for Heydad or no lunches for Heydad. Two lunches, are all the two stuff.
1: lunches, or two lunches or one dinner. That's that's all about the same price. So.
2: yeah. Okay.
1: All right. There you go. I want to read something from the text line here just because it makes me laugh. Here we go. From the 601. This is for Hey Dad. Chelsea is a fraud club. Later that same day. This is October 3rd. The Giants are a fraud club. Today, 510. This is Todd from Jackson. Hey Dad. I feel sorry for you with you being a Saints fan. How do you sleep at night knowing that you're cheering on a mediocre football team? Twelve minutes later, Todd, again from Jackson, meant to add, what is state, state ceiling without Will Rogers? Like, I'm going to tell you, Todd. Like, I'm going to tell you. You slam me? Find out on your own. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will tell you. Hey, Todd, you were Get missing out here one. with that. The Lakers are a fraud squad. Nah, nah, nah they're not. Come on. Man. 17 <laughs> world titles.
2: <laughs> 17 oh, world titles. Oh,
1: I forgot. It's like did. saying the
2: Yankees oh, are a fraud Living squad. in the past. Hey, that love I like Yankees living in the past. Score. Yeah. All right, let's get back to our power rankings in the SEC. So we have made it through six with some uh, disagreement, but not like vehement disagreement. Georgia, Bama, no, no. Ole Miss at three, LSU four, Tennessee five, AM and M six. Um, some of us think that LSU should perhaps be a little bit lower. And we all are in agreement that uh, that Tennessee A and M five six spot is up for grabs with those two teams playing against each other this weekend. I've got Kentucky at seven still. Kentucky at seven, Missouri eight, Florida
1: nine. For it's the for, like Missouri for play this week, three. so yeah. We'll get that get that squared away. This week is gonna square away a lot of our our power rankings. I like that. Yeah. So I don't have an issue with what you. Do. And Florida, do you have South Carolina at ten? I do have South Carolina at ten. So that they play each other too. So, yeah. man, that's crazy.
2: I, I keep wondering as I watch this Florida team, and I think we all are like, yeah, Florida's not very good, but I don't know if they're that, if they're all that bad either. Like. Okay, Florida beat South Carolina this weekend. Surprised? Not at all. Florida loses to Georgia in the cocktail party. Surprised? Nope. They beat Arkansas at home. They lose at LSU. They beat Missouri. They lose to Florida State. That's 7-5. and And considering some of the issues that Florida's got, I don't know if that's terrible. But they better start moving forward after that, and then you're like, "Well, what if they what if they beat LSU? Because that's a, a weird series. Okay, now they're eight and four with just kind of like an average football team. I don't know. Florida's Florida's interesting to me. Um, bottom four: Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt.
1: Yeah, that's the order too. That's the order right now. Yeah. Okay. All
2: right, so 1 through 14, wow. Georgia
1: 1, Alabama 2. E- ESPN would hate us, by the way. Absolutely what? hate us. Oh, we, did not, whole, we did the whole SEC. We didn't, we didn't scream. We didn't yell. I didn't name uh, call. It was all pretty pretty civil, and we agreed on most of it.
3: we got to do that thing that Josh Pate does and like have this weird rankings that you have to listen to the nuances of one show six weeks ago to understand why he puts Texas ahead of Oklahoma after Oklahoma beat Texas, we, we start doing stuff like that. Just be totally nonsensical, and then when when you guys don't think it makes any sense, blame you for for us not making any sense. That's what we should do.
2: Georgia one, Bama two, Ole Miss three, LSU four, Tennessee five, A and M and Kentucky six and seven. And then 8 through 14, Missouri, Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt. There it is. Who in the bottom eight, uh, the bottom seven, so 8 through 14, could mm-hmm. finish the year in the top seven?
1: The winner of Missouri-Kentucky? Yeah. Yep, that's the answer.
3: All right, so you want to flip 7 and 8. Okay. Well, I'm not. But higher That's than that, the answer, like they, they could make an an ascension. I don't think Missouri's a bad team, man. I, I really don't. Look, if if their quarterback doesn't have two brain farts, and they happened and they lost, but he threw for, what, 410 yards? Mm-hmm. He is having a great day, made two bad decisions, and that cost his team. But but Missouri's certainly not bad. I mean, I don't think they're beating Georgia. All right, so so here we go. Missouri is currently
2: 5-1. and one. At the halfway mark. Here's their remaining schedule. At Kentucky, hosting South Carolina, at Georgia, hosting Tennessee, hosting Florida, and at Arkansas. They can win against Kentucky. Absolutely. They can beat South Carolina. They'll be favored by a touchdown or more. Last year, notwithstanding, they're not losing. They're not beating Georgia. They'll, I mean, they'll have Georgia's full attention this year. Um, you know, the last time Tennessee was in Columbia, I think they scored eighty, and I think they've got a chance to score one more time before the clock hits zero. But it's a better Missouri offense than they had a couple of years ago when that happened. No doubt. Um, and Joe Milton, uh, man, they hyped. can win at home against Florida. Absolutely. By the way, chances are it's going to be
3: well below fifty. Yeah. Shout out Dan Mullen. Um, yeah, Joe and Milton they can win at Arkansas. They absolutely can. And what will Arkansas be by then? Who will be coaching Arkansas at that point? Will it be Enos? Nah. But but look, you want to you want to point to the biggest
2: issue with Arkansas, it's the staff that Sam Pittman built to replace the staff that was really, really good initially. Yeah.
1: That is correct. That is the correct answer to that.
2: I mean, re- replacing Kendall Briles with Dan Enos.
1: If you're going to do the CEO coach, and Orgeron did the same thing, right? He replaced Joe Brady and Dave Aranda with Steve Emsinger and uh, Bo Pelini. Can't do that. If you're going to have the CEO coach, he's got to have elite coordinators with him. So that's on That's on Pittman, you know, hire a better staff.
2: And it's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to replicate what he had with Kendall Bryles and, um, oh, who's the defensive coordinator, former Missouri coach. Why can I never remember his name? Barry Odom. It's hard to replicate. But, whew. I mean, to me, hiring Danny Nose as your offensive coordinator is akin to hiring Mike Bobo at Mississippi State is your offensive coordinator. It's the same thing. And, look, I mean, I know that I understand that Georgia was good offensively last week. I get it. It only took six weeks to see it. Sports Talk Mississippi, we're back with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
3: Like, on to breaking news about Will Rogers, or are they just all, like, thinking the same thing? We've gotten multiple texts asking what the rest of the season looks like without Will Rogers. Am I missing something? I've looked everywhere.
2: I feel like that question is more directed at Haydad than it
1: is to me. Uh, I have seen a post from Paul Jones about it, saying that he doesn't. he's not expecting Will. For Arkansas, but I think that's kind of what I was expecting too. But nothing uh, long term is what I'm seeing. So I don't know. I saw Will Rogers today. He didn't look like he wasn't in a sling or a cast or anything. So he was eating barbecue. Speaking
2: of seeing people, I saw your uh, your man crush yesterday.
1: Why? Why is it man crush?
2: Is that not what are we a- doing here? Is that not a reasonable no, way to describe not. how you feel about Jake Mangum? And, and, and I asked that because I told you, hey, Jake Mangum's sitting a couple of tables over from me, and you, your, your reply was, give him a hug for me.
1: He's my friend. If somebody said, hey, I'm at, if one of my friends said, hey, I'm at dinner, and I, Richard Cross is across the way, I would be like, hey, give him a hug for me. Mm. We're friends, right? Are you, did, you're not my I, man. Crush? I did not.
2: No, no, we're, we're friends. You did not know we were friends. Is that where you're going with that? No, I didn't say that. No, I, I said I did okay. not hug him for you.
1: Oh well. Uh, did you speak to him? I, obviously, he did because uh,
2: I, I did you speak. Got, you got a photo. Uh, spoke at lunch and then uh, was on the golf course. I, I, I'm going to tell you something that impressed me more about Jake than anything I ever saw him do on the baseball field, and there was plenty that was impressive and continues to be impressive about what he has done on the baseball field. So huh? I had, had my whole we were in Old Waverly, had whole family, and we were having lunch, and Jake was getting up and leaving. I called him. I was like, hey, Jake. He walked over, and I introduced him. Yeah, yeah, sports talk. Hey, Dad, whole deal. And I introduced him to all of my family that was, uh, was sitting there. He was very nice, very kind. Obi and I played golf later, and we were a group behind them. And we caught up. uh, He was playing with uh, some other state guys. It was uh, with Christian McLeod and Mm -hmm. Denver. Oh, what's Denver's last name? McCrary. Yeah, Denver McCrary. And there was one other guy, and I feel Mm -hmm. bad for not remembering who the other guy was. anyway. So we get it's to number seven tee box. We're on six green. There are we're on six green. They're on seven tee box, and it's kind of slowed down a little bit. And we're talking, and Jake called Obi by name. He had met him for the first time at lunch two hours ago, and mm-hmm. he calls out from the the you know the tee box. Hey Obi, how you hitting it, buddy? And was and, and then we saw him again at the turn and to me that's impressive that's not like impressive for Jake Mangum that's like an impressive life skill and it's one that I wish yeah. I was better at remembering people's names little, little news flash we all like to hear our own name and when somebody yeah. cares enough after meeting us to remember our name and then call us by it later um pretty pretty cool stuff so agreed thumbs up Jake Mangum Took a picture with uh, with Obi and I sent that to uh, to you yesterday. So it was fun. It yeah. was uh, re- yeah. really cool all the way around. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk.tv. Uh, I also met Andrew Howell yesterday, who is the boys' head basketball coach at Heritage Academy and is a big fan of Sports Talk Mississippi, regular listener. Uh, he's coached right. at uh, a couple of different private schools in the Golden Triangle area and has had a lot of success. And, uh, uh, Andrew, if you're listening today, thanks for introducing yourself. Great to uh great to mitch meet you and wish you all the success with basketball season just around the corner. Which is kind of crazy to say, right? Basketball season yeah. is just around the corner.
3: Like yeah. less than a month away. I watched a preseason NBA game last night. Really hate myself for it. Yeah, but, but I'm I did talking it.
2: about basketball. I'm not talking about the NBA.
3: Okay. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. i'm just Josh. Yeah, you you love when when teams have a good shooting night and they're 22 percent from three
2: yeah i don't know if that's a good shooting night but in I, college it is I, I get, well yeah maybe i get your point yeah so um
1: yeah we're less than a month away from a uh, start of the college basketball season the state where, where where does ole miss start this year i don't know
2: they are at home to start the year and okay. then the friday night before their ulm game mm-hmm. is that's the the throwback game the, uh, the tad pad game the, the tad pad
3: game okay so yeah they um so monday this november 6th against alabama state would that be the exhibition i don't see an exhibition listed here
1: no, that's the uh it's regular season. Opener. That's the open, that's the exhibition game. So I tell you right now, Keith Carter doesn't have a hair on his you know what if he doesn't put on the old school uniform and get out there and do some warm-ups and all that. <laughs> High socks and all. I want it
2: all, yeah. Uh, the the shaved head year was not a uh, that was not great. Well, I wouldn't go
1: that far for him, yeah.
2: Ole Miss's first four games are at home. They play Alabama State, Eastern Washington, and Detroit Mercy at home in the Pavilion. Then they play on Friday, November 17th, Sam Houston State at the uh, the Tad Pad. And then its uh, first road game is at Temple. So they'll go to Philadelphia to take on Temple. Um, You know what, is that in
1: one of the good arenas or is that in Temple's arena?
2: I don't think that they are playing that game at the Palestra,
1: which would be really okay. cool. Be cool, yeah.
2: That would be really neat. Um, but, no, I'm assuming that they're playing it in Temple's
3: Arena. The Lia Khoras Center, I believe, is what they call it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you said almost Miss yeah, has four straight at home to start the year? <laughs> is that Correct.
2: Yeah, yeah, four in a row at home, at Temple, then back home for their next three, including NC State in the ACC-SEC Challenge on Tuesday night, November 28th. That's actually a fun little two-game stretch. On Tuesday night, they'll host NC State, and then on Saturday, they will host Memphis. Uh, they have a road game at UCF. They go to San Antonio to take on Cal December twenty third is the game against Southern Miss uh, in Biloxi, uh, and they open SEC play on the road Saturday, January sixth at Tennessee. So that's how it will uh, will start. for um, so State it's
1: it's kind of interesting. They, they play they don't play a lot at home in, in the non conference. Start off they start the year in Chicago at the Barstool Sports Invitational with a game against Arizona State. Back to back home games. Then the next week, or I guess. The next two games: UT Martin and U North Alabama. Then they're in the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic in Uncasville, Connecticut. Don't know where that is. They play Washington uh, that, State, and then either casino. North
2: Uncasville is where Must be, uh, yeah. it's one of the big casinos,
1: Mohegan Sun or something like that. I think so. And then uh, Northwestern or, or Rhode Island is the other game. Then they're back home to play Nichols the day after Thanksgiving. Then then they have the ACC-SEC Challenge game. They're in Atlanta for that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then they play Southern. Southern University uh, in Starkville. On December the 9th, they're back in Atlanta to play Tulane. And that's a. Uh, they're playing Tulane, and I think it's Auburn, Indiana, is also that day in Atlanta. Then one is more in
2: Starkville. Yeah, I believe that is so. A double-header I could be wrong. In the past. I, I think you're right.
1: I think it's two, but I could be wrong. Then they play Murray State at home. Then they're in Tupelo to play North Texas on December 17th. And then on the 23rd, they're in Newark. For the Gotham Classic, as you know, uh, Richard, Gotham uh, modeled after New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, they play Rutgers by the Scarlet Knights. That's kind of cool. Where is that Another home game. It's in uh, Newark, New Jersey.
2: So the pro arena there in Newark. And they played in that event before, right?
1: They played in something up there before. I don't know if it was called the Gotham Classic, but they played something up there a couple years ago, yeah. And then one more home game, and then conference play starts after that.
2: Yeah, that um, that hoops giving tournament that you were talking about. So state plays the yeah. early game against Tulane, and Tulane's been better right. in basketball. They hired Ron Hunter a couple of years ago. Yeah, and then the yeah. uh, the later game in the afternoon is Auburn and Indiana.
1: So, yes, yes,
2: I imagine that we'll have a big crowd for uh, for that.
1: So, mm-hmm.
2: who does State Open League play with?
1: South Carolina
2: at South Carolina.
1: Okay. Uh, is it at? Yeah, I believe you're right. Yes, at South Carolina, Carolina on for, CBS for a C. How is that a CBS game? <laughs> How is that game? That's the only game state has on CBS the whole year. Why? I don't know. I don't know, man. That's crazy.
2: the uh, The Ole Miss Mississippi State meetings this year. Uh, there is one in late January. January 30th mm-hmm. in Oxford. That's a Tuesday night on the SEC Network. And the return mm-hmm. trip to Starkville is later in the year, February 21st, uh, on a Wednesday later night. Later at night, too. Eight o'clock. Yeah, an eight o'clock tip-off on either ESPN or Got
1: room or in the studio ESPN for two? two? For that one? For that Tuesday game? Sure. All right. I'll see you here. I'll be up there. Wonder. Assuming I don't get COVID this time, which I've had the last two times that game was played. Yeah. Okay.
2: Sniffles with the name. We'll see. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at SuperTalk.fm
0: and SuperTalk TV. Don't roll your eyes at me. We'll be- sports Talk Mississippi.
1: What is going on here?
0: Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Well, it's about time. Right here on SuperTalk Mississippi.
2: Yeah, so I went back to the uh, Immaculate Grid, is the the baseball bonus grid, is that supposed to be easier than the regular grid?
1: I don't know. I've ever seen this, the baseball bonus grid. Hold yeah, on. if you
2: go to ImmaculateGrid.com, oh. I and mean, they've really expanded this. Thing. So you got baseball, baseball bonus, men's basketball, women's basketball, football, hockey, and soccer.
1: I mean, it, just just from looking at it, it is easier for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got three teams and three categories, which the categories are yeah, I mean, infinitely
1: easier than. Yeah, I, I mean, I could probably get this one done uh, in the time that we are on the air, that we have left on the air. <laughs> should, should, <laughs> so we, so should, we, should we should
2: we should we group think an immaculate grid on the air?
1: No, I can just do this one by myself. I don't, I don't even need the help.
2: Well, no, I'm just saying that might be a, a fun little uh, little exercise. We uh, we get a All question, right, we'll a couple of questions. Um, Maybe we'll do in the last couple of minutes. he um, somebody asked about uh, Jordan Watkins. Uh, reportedly has broken his hand, but the team has not confirmed
3: that. Yeah, no, it hadn't been confirmed officially. And I mean, you, you probably won't get anything because, remember, Trey Harris got hurt and, and they were just going to rehab it, and then he had surgery, and nobody knew about it. And it getting injury information out of that program is a mess. So the, there's no word on the severity on if it will need surgery if it's i mean there's google says there's certain bone breaks in a hand that could be one to two weeks and then there are others that could be four to eight It just there's no way of knowing but everybody seems to be consensus in reporting that something happened to his hand at practice today that could keep him out for an indetermined amount of time yeah and he's been their best and most consistent receiver. Best is a relative term. He's been on the field every game. He's been wildly consistent. He's very reliable, especially on third down. He's really good on third down. Um, owns the middle of the field. It's a big loss if they can't figure out a way to scheme away from that loss.
2: Yeah, it,
3: it really, really is. Really is.
2: Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We can... Uh, we can have fun with this real quick. All right, so immaculate grid. Right. If you don't know what that is, it's a three by three grid, so nine spaces, and you you know you, you take the up and the vertical and the horizontal, and you fill in the name based on it. So you've got All-Star, all right. star so Hall try of to... Fame and Cy Young across the top, with the Twins, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers
1: uh, down the side. So let's try to let's try to get some low uh, some low numbers here. All right, so we're trying to do it nine out of nine. Twins
2: All-Star. Yeah. I went with Joe Maurer.
1: I feel like that's uh, that's one that's going to be... Well, I mean, what's the percentage on
2: there? 26% chose Joe
1: Maurer. I'm going to go Kent Herbeck. Okay. 4%. There you go. There we go. Twins all right. Twins Hall, Hall, of, Hall of, Fame.
2: of Fame. Kirby Puckett's in the Hall of Fame, right?
1: Yes. Okay.
2: I just want to get but all I'm nine of go with, right. I've never done that before.
1: I'm going to go... I'm going to go a different one.
2: Okay. I don't know that this is good all radio right. at all.
1: I, I went with Harmon Killebrew.
2: Okay. And you got that one right. I mean, what was right. 31% on Kirby
1: Puckett? 20% on Harmon. Uh, all right. Twins, twins, Cy Young. Yeah. There is one that I know. Is
2: it the guy that pitched in the World Series against the Braves twice?
1: Uh, no, I don't think he won a Cy Young in, in – in, uh, for the twins.
2: who's the one that you know?
1: Frank Viola. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll
2: All right, go with that. So that's that. 3
1: for 3. All
2: right, on Boston, All right. I went All-Star, Nomar, Hall of Fame, Babe Ruth, Cy Young. Who Babe Ruth Martinez. is a good
1: one. That's a good one. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Mike Greenwell. He was an All-Star, wasn't that's- he? Surely he was once. Mike Greenwell. That's- I'm trying to go low, low percentage. I understand. You're making it harder than it has to be. Hey, uh, coming up
2: next, uh, you've got thunder and lightning on the radio. Hey, Dad, we'll talk Mississippi State sports with you. you got questions, you can always hit him on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Or just hit the market. Say what? You said if you have questions, you can hit him on the text line. Or just hit him. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can figure out a way to do that in
1: person, sure. Please don't. Uh.
2: Phillies leading it over the Braves 7-1. to They're in the bottom of the fifth inning in Philadelphia. The big swing in this game is a three-run home run from Bryce Harper. Impressive stuff. If you're in the market for a new Ford truck, Belk Ford in Oxford on Highway 6 is the place to go. They've got a really good selection right now in different trim packages. So whether you're looking for uh, an XLT or a Lariat or a King Ranch or the Platinum, they've got you covered. We've also got a good selection of uh, SUVs on the lot with Expeditions and a bunch of the Broncos Sports available right now, not to mention a huge selection of used vehicles plus service after the sale, a family dealership that will treat you like family. Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West, online at belkford.net.
1: What was your rarity score?
2: I haven't finished it yet. I decided that there were a couple of other uh, things we needed to say before the uh, show ended. Uh Dan and 91. Third. Good for you. Dan in Hattiesburg reminds us that uh, State and Southern Miss are playing that charity basketball game on October 29th. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio.